Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. And hello and welcome to October 7th, less than one month until the most important election in our history, in our lives. I'm sure other people might have felt otherwise in other millennia, but uh, right now, this is rather important, right? Uh, Good news, we're still here. Good news, the sky is blue. Uh, Ryan Dito will be joining us later in the program just to to talk about some of the other things on your ballot, uh, like uh, state house, state senate races, the possibility, however slim, that the Democrats could maybe take uh, back one of the uh, chambers of uh, the state legislature, which would be huge. So um, that coming up, uh, starting off uh, a little slowly today before we jump right in, another piece of, I think, really good news is that um, the finalists for the National Book Awards were announced uh, today, and um, one of them, well, lives just down the road from me, and that is uh, Disha Philya, who is uh, the author of The Secret Lives of Church Ladies, which is a compilation of, uh, of stories that follows the lives and moral concerns of of black women across several generations, you know, centered in the church. And it's, it comes from a very uh, real life experience lived by, by the author, Disha Filia, who um, has written many other books, actually some nonfiction books. She's a mom raising her children in Wilkinsburg. And she, I know, has taught at Carlo or Chatham, Chatham, and uh, is a graduate of Yale. And you might never have even heard of her, but she is getting uh, national and international recognition now. So yay for her and congratulations. The Genius Awards came out. Yet again, I was not chosen. Cannot believe it. Um, and I don't know anybody on, on the list this year. Every once in a while I do. Um, okay, so let's start jumping into it. I, uh, all right, so I'm, try, I'm, I'm avoiding the subject that was like making me such a wreck uh, last night, uh, which is that we are clearly now a nation uh, governed by a very sick man. And I'm not talking physically. I mean, I am talking mentally. Uh, He always was a very sick man. But he now has swirling through his body so many chemicals, uh, powerful chemicals, 
that uh, we cannot imagine uh, what is really happening to this uh, very stable genius right now. His instability has been apparent to us for years, but he is roided out right now. And anybody who has ever been on a heavy dose of steroids, and I have because of my asthma, uh, you are not yourself. And for some people, there can be these violent mood swings, a great deal of hostility or unnatural sort of euphoria and sense of power, of energy. And he is manifesting it all. Uh, meanwhile, and, and, you know, I thought it, it just sort of crossed my mind. Uh, we now have this lunatic, uh, in, in this infected white house with his, with his pudgy finger still on that nuclear button. And I've given up thinking there's nothing that this guy wouldn't do when cornered. And if ever there was a time when the 25th Amendment was meant to be kicked in, it is now. But to kick it in, you need the vice president to be an honorable man. And you need the cabinet to be made up of honorable people. And unfortunately, we do not have that. You know what else we have? We have the entire top brass of our military quarantined. Almost the entire Joint Chiefs of Staff, including the chair, General Milley, they're all quarantined. Uh, and direct result of uh, one of these high-level military guys being in direct contact, unmasked, with Donald J. Trump. I am increasingly hearing people floating the idea that the timeline that has been given us by the White House about when the president first tested positive is bull. And increasingly people are thinking that he is much further into his uh, spell with COVID than they are acknowledging. And their refusal to answer those basic questions of when was the last negative test? When was the first positive test? When? And we already know there was a lie about the positives. And if we were to know, we might then know that he went to that debate knowing he was positive. It could well be he knew he was positive at the Amy Coney Barrett Rose Garden event. I don't know. And it increasingly appears that it could be that patient zero of this 
super spreader outbreak is none other than the president of the United States. Stephen Miller now has it, which I have to admit, I news I greeted with some joy, I admit it. Stephen Miller, three more White House officials tested positive just yesterday. Again, I tell you, the Joint Chiefs, we have now 14 people who are down with this virus. in the White House, who got it at the White House. You know how many cases in the entire country of Taiwan uh, there were uh, in, in a similar period of time? Well, I have to tell you, it's less. It's less. Taiwan, population, 23 million people in the last week reported eight new cases, eight new cases, the entire country. In fact, more than a dozen countries around the world have reported fewer than 10 new cases in the last week. Here, in just our White House, 14. Fifteen, I think, counting the president. Oh, no, but we got this thing well under control. Do we not? And I am reminded of that despicable statement of his that we should just, you know, don't let the, don't let it dominate your life. Get on with things. We knew this guy had no empathy. And he doesn't know what that, how that plays out with people who are struggling all over the country to live through this. There's a, here's just a little, a little for instance. A woman named Tammy Gimble. She lives outside of Bismarck, North Dakota, which is one of the hot spots now. She wanted to check on her dad. He's 86. This was two weeks ago. Her dad was not doing well at all. She got him rushed off to the hospital in Bismarck. And they said, yeah, he's got it. But we're full. Full up. Either send him way the hell across the state to Fargo or take him home. And you monitor him. The daughter had it too. So this sick woman went and picked up her 86-year-old father 
And she and he holed up in a 40-foot camper trailer in her backyard. Just the two of them trying to recover. Her father shaking constantly. Temperature, oxygen level of 86. She's saying, I'm sicker than I've ever been in my whole life. Do you believe how weak these people are letting this little virus, this flu-like thing, dominate them? I don't think anything has angered me more than how this virus has unmasked the outrageous inequality in this country. That if you have money, you can make it. You will get into that full hospital. You will get the latest drugs. If you are just a regular person, you can go sit in a trailer in your backyard and wait to die. Or maybe, who knows, live. If you're a rich person, you can run to your second home or your third home or your fourth home. If you're a poor person living cramped in an apartment with your family and you have to go out into this virus-infected world and work so that you can get enough scraped together to hopefully be able to eat and to keep your apartment because God knows there's no relief coming to you from all the rich, powerful people in Washington. And as we saw last night, your roided out president, out of the blue, yanked his people from the talks to get a relief bill. There's not going to be any relief to Americans for at least another month now. Unless, of course, he does another 180 and comes spinning around in his roid state. What was the 25th Amendment meant for, if not this? God And amazingly, the uh, centers, though the Homeland Security Department, yeah, right, get mixed up, uh, released a report yesterday. This is Trump's Homeland Security Department, with you know, as usual, headed by somebody in an acting capacity, because they never would pass muster if they needed Senate approval. That'd be Chad Wolf, even with Chad Wolf, an acting secretary in charge of Homeland Security, they put out their annual report about threats to the homeland. 
And guess what the number one threat to the homeland was? I'll quote, the most persistent and lethal threat to the homeland is violent white supremacy. Oh, would that be the white supremacy that our president refuses to condemn? Would that be the greatest threat to our country is the very thing that our president is cheering on and refuses to condemn? Is the word Antifa mentioned in this entire report? No. No. And the second thing that it says is most important is the Russian spreading of disinformation in the United States. Now, would that be the Russia headed by the guy that our president adores and looks up to and who does his bidding? I mean, he does Putin's bidding. Yeah? Yeah. What is the 25th Amendment for? God help us. Oh, geez. Okay, sorry. <laughs> and then there's this. Um, here's a quote. It's a slaughter. Oh, where did that come from? Oh, well, that would be a former director of the Center for Disease Control. Um in a letter, this is a renowned epidemiologist, Dr. William Fogey, and he is writing to the current head, that'd be Redfield. And his letter is a, a plea. It's a private letter he sent last month, and it is now somehow find the light of day. This guy who wrote the letter has previously not been heard from. He has kept, he has not been out there freaking out or appearing on cable news shows. But he finally wrote this private letter to Redfield and he said in part this, you could up front acknowledge the tragedy of responding poorly apologize for what has happened and your role in acquiescing. He goes on to tell Redfield, resigning would not be the thing to do if you don't resign without coming clean. Back to the letter. Don't shy away from the fact that this has been an unacceptable toll on our country. It is a slaughter and not just a political dispute. Somehow USA Today got a hold of that letter. And it is a st 
astonishing given what people know of the guy who wrote it. But the guy who wrote it said he felt compelled to write it. Um, it's the deaths, he said. He had never wanted the letter to be public. It's the deaths. Going public would only embarrass Redfield and it doesn't allow him to redeem himself. By doing this privately, I'd hoped he'd have a chance to do the right thing. This guy was given the Presidential Medal of Freedom by Barack Obama in 2012. And again, the scariest thing is that more than a third of our countrymen and women are going to vote to keep this man, this madman, and his aiders and abettors in power. Incredible. Okay, backing up a little bit and trying to get my blood pressure back down. Um, I want to tell you that when, uh, you know, the New York Times expose on Trump's uh, taxes came out, you know, one of the things that a lot of people glommed on to because it was a little note of, uh, of levity and something that we could all, all maybe relate to in a way – because we all have hair, was that it was he deducted seventy thousand bucks from his from his uh, returns uh, for the costs of um, doing his hair, and this would be for The Apprentice. Um, and I remember I not only you know laughed like everybody else did, but I remember thinking to myself. You can't deduct your hair costs. Now, how would I know that? I know that because I worked in television. And one of the things, I still can't get over it. <laughs> one of the things that blew me away when I went to get my taxes done shortly after coming here to Pittsburgh where I had to up my game from the little town, Madison, Wisconsin, that I'd come from. And I had to buy more clothes to be on TV. I had to make sure my hair was a certain way. I had to, uh, you know, makeup, hair, clothing. It, it was incredible. And the cost of it was incredible. And I said to the person who was putting my return together, because God knows I can't, well, surely those are business uh, deductions. I mean, I would not, I would not have all those, you know, anchor woman type clothes in my closet, but for this job I have, I wouldn't have that. 
I had to buy that because of my job. That's a business expense. No, it isn't, he said. No, it isn't. The IRS long ago ruled that if clothes you have to buy for your job are clothes you can wear on the street, you can't deduct them. If you get your hair done, whether you had a show to do or not, you can't deduct it. And I remember thinking that, wait a minute, Trump, you can't. I'm sure you can't. And lo and behold, headline in the business section of today's New York Times, Trump's $70,000 hair care write-off, stunning. And maybe illegal. Not maybe, it is. And it's illegal on two counts for him. Because there is no way Donald Trump paid out of pocket for his hair. If you're the star of a television show of that stature, NBC's paying for it. Or NBC certainly reimbursing him for it. If he, so he gets reimbursed, let's say, from NBC. And then he turns around and tells the IRS that he paid the 70000 That's a lie. It is absolutely criminal. You are not allowed to deduct business expenses for which you have already been reimbursed. He's a crook. He is just a crook. I couldn't take a few hundred bucks off my measly little return. But Donald Trump, the rules don't apply. I'm sorry, I'm sighing a lot. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. <laughs> oh, God bless you. <laughs> he writes, <laughs> your WTAE 80s hair was worth a million bucks. <laughs> God, have you seen pictures of it? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's the horror of uh, a career in in television. <laughs> yeah, oh, man, and I thought I looked great. My hair, I remember once somebody saying that even then in the 80s when you just thought that hair, kind of big, huge hair was fantastic – Somebody actually saying, uh, hey, Lynn, could you get your hair at least into the next area code? I mean, get get it, pull it into the same area code or zip code. I can't remember what they said. But it was like, yeah, we would have hair that was, <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, my. So let's see here. 
I got somebody. I can't. Oops, oops. No, I don't want to do that. Um, trying to get my face ID to work. I do have a caller. Okay. Hello. Hello, Lynn. Yeah. Hi, it's Beth. I was just calling with some information as someone who works with a lot of this stuff in the entertainment. Oh, that's industry. right. You're you're like the person and, who uh, <laughs> who does uh, do the books for these big productions. Yeah, in some ways, and there there's some loop arounds how that works. Just you know, so these people who are making massive, massive amounts of money on shows, and I'm sure in the sports world and everything else, is they create an individual loan out company. So technically, that person isn't working for the show. The loan out company is, and that's how they get around a lot of the tax law. Um, uh, this is, the, this is again. So it's it's the tax laws are written for the rich. Right. And this, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So that they can do us, these kinds of little poor, things. Us yeah. poor rubes who work on shows. Yeah. We you know when we're sent to wherever to go work. We used to be able to deduct a personal business expense, but because of the new tax law that the Republicans put in, I understand the entertainment industry and actually airline pilots are the ones who got hit the hardest because you as an individual can no longer take those expenses. And studios will not let us rubes work as loan out companies. So you're kind of in this, now we're just all paying way more taxes than we ever did before but even though the apprentice and you're right his my guess would be if it's set up like a normal show his hair and makeup people would have been paid by the show itself right right but you have to remember when he went and did his dog and pony shows you know at this event that event whatever else you then are probably again it's probably the same thing they were contracting his loan out company and then he could show he was paying these people whatever he was paying just to try to make it work. So, unfortunately, that's the way the it's kind of set up in that way, for especially with in the entertainment industry. It's amazing we're not all in the streets revolution. It's just amazing. I am so sick of it. So Oh, trust me, right there, right there with you and uh yeah. You know, as all of us, we're just trying to keep our sanity every day. How we doing? Um, today not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to check with me on a like a minute to minute basis. I'm all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> and, that's, and that's why alcohol use is rising. In yeah, place. way up. I know, I know. Yeah. Well, best be well and thank Thanks. you. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. I have another caller. Hello. Uh, yes, this is Clarence from Cannesburg. Oh, for God's sakes, Clarence. How are you? Well, I'm fine, thank you. And I'm Good. glad you mentioned, you mentioned God because uh, you have a Jewish heritage, right? Yes, I'm a Jew. Okay. Um, so I need to know how to pronounce this word. S-U- okay. S-U-K-K-A-H. Sukkah. Sukkah. That's what I thought. I had to be sure. Now, why am I asking this question? Because I don't tomorrow, know. Because tomorrow I'm going to be at the Suka Mobile. <laughs> what is that? Doing it's... caricatures. It's a. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> they're doing like mobile sukas out there in. Um, Where? Uh, like the, the Greenfield area. Oh, for heaven's sakes. 
Well, Sukkot, it's, it's a fall, Jewish fall festival, harvest festival. Yeah. And you do see, if you're around uh, Jewish neighborhoods, very religious Jews um, mm-hmm. actually build these little outdoor sukkah, sukkot yeah. in the plural. And they eat in them, and they have parties in them, and, and everything is surrounded with, yeah, lots of food. And, uh, yeah, so, and, and, and caricaturists, that's a new part of it. Yeah, I think it's because they're making it mobile. They call it uh-huh. actually. Um, oh. It's going to be one at from three thirty to five at the gazebo at the Somerset, and then from five fifteen huh. to six, uh, Rosemont Lane. Um, got me. <laughs> I don't know. You got yeah. me in all cases. My God. But, but they're, all, they're, they're all around that area, and then the other, the last one's on Mount, Mount Royal Road. So, all so, so don't sound like Jewish areas to me, but okay. I think, I, think, like, I, think I think they're doing it in, um, uh, like, near Jewish people's homes. You know, yeah. Where they can, like, park on the street and stuff like that. So, <laughs> as it says, it says it's run by um, Shabbat of Greenfield. Oh, no. Chabad. 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 See, see, this is why I have to call Okay, okay. Chabad. The CH okay. is one of those. Chabad. 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 Okay. Chabad. Chabad. Okay. Chabad. Chabad of Greenfield. Okay. And, and, and those are Orthodox Jews, but they're yeah. very into making Judaism, even Orthodox Judaism, much more, um, uh, yeah, people-friendly okay. and, and welcoming. And so it makes sense. So okay. Clarence is working for Chabad too much. I can't wait to tell my sister. <laughs> okay, yeah. you. <laughs> I should grow my beard out. Thank yeah, you. I don't okay. know. <laughs> hey, happy Sukkot, and thank you. Thank you. Okay. All right, okay. bye. 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 Is um is Ryan there? Amy, Ryan, hey, are I'm you here. there? Hi. Hello. Thank you. Hello. Hello. We were having a. I don't know if you heard all of that, but. Yeah, I did. It's a. Sukkot. I even forgot it was uh, Sukkot. But there you I, go. I've never heard of it before. So my uh, <laughs> me and my Gentile upbringing, I have no yeah. idea what it is. Well, it's a it's a wonderful sort of you know it's a fall harvest festival. It goes back thousands and thousands of years, and yeah. But haven't you ever seen like little um, in Squirrel Hill? You haven't seen like little tents or little strange uh, little shacks popping up on people's in people's yards you never noticed that no uh no i haven't i haven't i've been to squirrel hill in a, like a few weeks <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen well it. okay so i'm just saying to anybody else who's seeing these little things pop up that's what those are they are called uh, suk- uh suka okay 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 okay, cool. okay um so ryan thanks for showing up of course did you take uh, Van Halen's death pretty hard? I mean, I'm just uh, assuming. No. Not. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> I don't know. So, no. huh? He's too old for you? You just no, want a fan. Not a fan. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, uh, you know, we don't, uh, not all musicians uh, connect with us. I don't think I was ever really a big Van Halen <sighs> fan, but uh, obviously RIP. I mean, it is sad. Oh yeah, he's pretty young yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, he's young. I mean, oh, you're getting old if you're thinking sixty-five is young. That's good. That's good. <laughs> well, sixty-five is pretty, pretty, pretty early 
you know, below average age to die in America. It so, seems, uh, it seems so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, there's this election coming up and, yeah. um, Is there? Uh, yeah, I noticed it. <laughs> I keep seeing stuff about it. And, and the, the thing is, is, um, I got my ballot and I filled it out and, you know, I imagine my surprise when I saw that there were other people to vote for other than Joe Biden and Donald Trump, that <laughs> there was my state representative and my yeah. state senator. And um, I'm wondering um, if there are, I see, we see ads here and there um, right. now, and I'm sure in a week we'll see even more because some folks don't have that much money and they're, you know, waiting. waiting. Um, yep. But given the fact that people are uh, voting uh, early, I think some of these campaigns should think about that differently. Don't yeah. you think? Yeah, I think uh, I think some TV ads for state reps started hitting on Monday, mm-hmm. um, which is which is um, you know I guess usually you wait till October because again like one they don't have the same amount of money where they can run ads for months right. and months uh, like presidential or senate campaigns or something like that mm-hmm. and um, two yeah people are voting people are have already voted so even in Pennsylvania so I I know a few people who have already turned in their ballots uh, so. It's um, it's it's definitely something that yes, campaigns need to think about, and I think it's going to be starting soon. Basically, like we're definitely going to see more and more. Oh yeah, ads. oh yeah. But uh, I, it just seems to me that I, I mean, you know, whatever the old wisdom was, is that you know, assuming everybody goes and votes at the polls, often we would not see these uh, you know, lower level race ads until maybe a week or two before the election. And I'm thinking now that that needs to be moved back um, for these campaigns. My guess that I don't know. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, we definitely <laughs> use more, more education and more awareness for for, you know, some of these smaller campaigns. That's uh, right. Because a lot of people, know, people don't, don't know. even know who these people are. No, you know? they don't. And right. I remember, I mean, I even when I saw my ballot, I thought, Oh, he's my Senator. (laughs) I know it's, it's, you know, we have, we have a very uh, deliberative and fractured form of government in America, which is, you know, for a reason so that we can have local rights and local um, and local uh, differences between our laws. Uh, That's kind of how it was. It really started to be crafted after, really after Ireland started this like home rule charter from England and we kind of adapted that as well. So we have local and state and, you know, we've always had these things, but um, it's uh, that's, that's kind of the spirit we've embodied, but that also means that you have a lot of people representing you. You could have five, six, seven, eight different, you know, politicians. And And most people, including me, can't even tell you. I mean, I, I think it's a very rare person who could, who could name, Who's your representative on the school board? Who's your representative on county council? Who's your representative in city council? Who's your state representative? Who's your state uh, senator? How many right. people could say, do that? I, I'd probably say 1% of Americans. And, that's and I'm not in it. I'm not in it. I don't even know if I could name all of mine. If you could. No, no, no. And you cover this you know? crap. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I didn't mean to call it crap. Yes, I did. 
Yeah, um, well, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's very fractured. So, yeah, I mean, you usually will have a city council or a borough council. You'll have a mayor. You'll have – we also have county representatives. So that's right. County representatives. Mm-hmm. Then you have a school board representative. Mm-hmm. Those are all just your local ones. Then that's you'll have right. Two, two state representatives, a, a, a House representative and a Senate representative. Then your federal House representative. <laughs> then your two federal senators. And then yeah. your uh, president. Yeah. And vice president. Oh, and there's also state offices. Like um, there's governor. an attorney general race. <laughs> yeah, the there's a – yeah, yeah. There's yeah, all that. Attorney general. You have Got attorney it. general. You have treasurer. Right. Um, and so most of judges. us are vote, we're voting blind. And this is yeah. why, you know, I know democracy seems like a good idea, but it's not supposed to be, you know, like throwing darts, which, you know, you know, well, who the hell yeah. knows? That yeah. looks good. But, you but, know, you know, it kind of is. And, you know, especially this year, um, you know, Pennsylvania changed its um, how it how it uh, does, how it votes. Uh, straight ballot um, is gone. Uh, Thank you know, God. They're just you know, click the straight ballot, but that also means you kind of got to know who you're going to pick, or if you're just a partisan, then you can just individually pick your party. Um, but uh, I, I agree the straight, you know, that it's good the straight party was gone. Hopefully it'll force people to, um, you know, research and learn. But honestly, sometimes it's hard, you know. Um, another thing about a lot of these, like, uh, let's talk about like state house, because right now yeah. we're in federal and state. Odd, odd years in Pennsylvania are local. So that's one good thing. You don't have to do it all in one year. So, you know, in odd years, you're talking about mayors and you're talking about city councilors. In even years, you're talking about federal president, uh, you know, senators and okay. uh, then state representatives like, uh, um, you know, governors and, you know, state senators and state representatives. Um, okay. So, so what, year, can we talk about a specific uh, state Senate race here that looks interesting to you? Yeah, pro- Probably the most interesting one is the um, South Hills and West Allegheny uh, District, District 37, I believe it is, uh, which includes Mount Lebanon and uh, Moon and Peters Township and Upper St. Clair and kind of this, uh, I guess, um, upper upper income, upper to middle income uh, areas of, of Allegheny County and just a little bit into Washington County. Okay, uh, so that's a Repu- I'm, I'm assuming that's a Republican sounding. It's actually a Democrat right now because the Democrat won the special election after um, after that seat was vacated. Guy Ressensaller used to hold that seat, a Republican. He vacated that seat to run for U.S. Congress. Yeah. And so, yeah, that, <laughs> so that was vacated. And the special election, uh, the Democrat won. Her name is Pam Iovino. And uh, she's up for re-election this year because she just won a special election to finish right. out Guy's term, basically. And I've so seen her up, ads. Yes, yes, she has. Uh, she has some ads, and she has some mailers out there. And um, so, so she's up for re-election. And I, I guess I bring up her because there is a chance, an outside chance, <laughs> slim chance, I should say, for the Democrats to flip the state senate. All right, don't get our hopes up because it really is a slim <laughs> chance. But it's she's one of the – yeah, but okay. She, she's one of them that has <clears throat> to maintain her seat. Right. But Who's she running against? Who's she running she's against? Running to, she's running against a Republican named Devlin Robinson. Uh, he's, he's honestly probably one of the better Republican candidates <laughs> running in the area. He, he's a veteran, but so is Ivy now. Uh, and, uh, you know, he um, he's – Definitely not known to being a like fighting breather, you know, like a fire breathing 
uh, alt right kind of guy like some other candidates okay. that we have in okay. the area. So, so he's he's definitely one of the <clears throat> stronger pickups, but um, for candidates, but. Uh, you know, his race is still like, you know, luckily, at least for, you know, Democrats, uh, you know, Joe Biden's doing so well right now, polling wise, that he could carry a lot of people across the country. Right, right. Regardless of uh, exactly. Of, of so that OK, so um, is that the, the, the one I'm thinking of is this um, with Terzai. Terzai is not right. Terzai was a OK, go ahead. Yeah, Terz, um, sorry, Mike Terzai was a speaker of the Pennsylvania House for some years. Uh, he's very conservative. Uh, you know, he was very conservative. He he, he is uh, very conservative. He is. He is still is. <laughs> and he's he's and, gone uh, off to you know make a, even more money in the private sector. Yes, he resigned. Uh, his seat is vacant right now, and uh, he uh, that's a house seat. That's in the North Hills. That's uh, Pine Township, uh, Franklin Park. Um, well, now that's Republican. Uh, McCandless, it is historically a Republican area, but that's that district is the fastest changing district in all of in all of Allegheny County. It's got the fastest population growth. It uh, it had um, Democrats do very well there in 2018, at least on the statewide level. Uh, I believe that uh, Governor Wolf won that district. I believe that Ooh. Senator Casey won that district. Ooh. Uh, I, I'm not I'm, I'm not sure. Connor Lamb might have also won that district, but I'm, I'm, I'm not sure about that. And so it's 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 really rapidly changing. In 2019, a lot of Democrats won um, uh, seats on local councils. Franklin Park uh, had three Great. Democrats flip three. Uh, so know, the Democrat, local the Democrat that's running for that, I am seeing ads for her. She her name she, is- she yeah, her name is Emily Skopov. She ran in 2018, came within nine points of. Terzai, which is actually quite an accomplishment considering that he usually won by 20 to 30 points. And um, that she was an unknown. Yeah. Wasn't she? She was an unknown. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. She uh, runs a nonprofit. Uh, right now, she uh, had a history in the film industry. She was a writer for Zena Warrior Princess, if everyone remembers that show. Uh, but um, yeah, she's, I mean, honestly, she's been running a pretty uh, dogged campaign and she has ads out already. She actually has a really, uh, really rad ad as i could say something i've been talking about for a long time but basically it it talks about how republicans in the area are against um non-discrimination for lgbtq people and just a reminder to all the listeners out wait 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 are um, against discrimination against gay people they are they are against non-discrimination so they're for discrimination against gay people basically they are they are okay with gay people being discriminated against in businesses and in housing and in public accommodation, basically. Yeah, and so yeah. I, I, yeah, just like a number of justices of the United States Supreme Court. Yes, exactly. And just mm-hmm. to remind everybody in Pennsylvania, um, outside of Allegheny County, and in most of Pennsylvania, outside of some counties, but the majority of the state, it is still legal to fire someone, evict someone, or deny, you know, public accommodation to someone because they are gay. That yep, gays have no no. No legal protection from discrimination in most of Pennsylvania. If you're in Cranberry, which a lot of people go to visit, there's a lot of shopping up there, and it's very popular. People, a lot of people live there. If you're in Cranberry, you can be evicted for being gay. That's that's it. There's no local laws there. There, uh, I, I don't even think Butler County can 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 pass a countywide law actually, which is really weird. Um, 
So the state is the one that has to do it. And the Democrats in our state government have been trying to pass this law for years. And the Republicans, including Terzai, uh, were just wouldn't wouldn't bring it up to the floor. They just didn't want to vote on it. And they don't agree with it, basically. Well, the guy and, who has been the big roadblock, right, for, is is also from that area, Daryl Metcalf. Yeah, yeah, yes. He was a roadblock for some time because he was on he was the chair of the state government committee. So he just would never even let the, the bill come through the mm-hmm. committee for a vote. Yeah. Um, uh, and it, he actually changed committees recently and they're still blocking it. So <laughs> they just, they just don't want this thing. And there's this ad out right now that basically just calls them out and it's, and it's, it's against, um, you know, Skopov's opponent who is not Terzai cause he retired. It's this other guy named, um, Rob Mercury and Rob Mercury filled out a questionnaire that said he strongly agreed that businesses should be allowed to discriminate against gay people. I, I wow. couldn't believe it. I looked it up online. It was, I'm like, what year is this? And, and this is something that I think Democrats are actually starting to <coughs> pressure. So Scopot was running against the Democrat is running against a Republican who quite openly says that it should be okay in Pennsylvania. It should be okay in Pennsylvania for if you want to deny. No, you have to be you have to be straight, or I wow. can deny you. I can deny you public accommodation. I can deny you uh, housing. I can deny you. I can fire you. I can deny you a job. I can deny you employment. You know, and um, stop and think if that were. I mean, replace black people with gay. There, that's the same. Right. Well. I'm, well that's, that's what they that's argued. What that, <laughs> OK, I'm sorry. This is Go just ahead. The Civil Rights Act. This is just a Civil Rights Act, basically. So the you know, the Civil Rights Act of 1964 was monumental legislation. You know, it was pushed through by, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. signed by, you know, LBJ. And and it was huge legislation. But something that they didn't add to it at the time was sexual orientation or gender identity. And that was something that uh, there were civil rights organizations that wanted it to be added, but it did not get added. And and so what happened is, is that as the gay rights movement started to build up in the especially in the 90s and in the early 2000s, um, they started to push for this. They're like, add us to the Civil Rights Act, obviously. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh-huh. and, and but uh, there are certain states that haven't done it. You know, uh, you know, Democrat controlled states like California and Massachusetts have obviously done this. They've had this for years. But because the uh, Pennsylvania legislature has been controlled by Republicans for uh, since the um, since the 90s. Um, they, they, they have not brought this bill up. And so. Didn't can, the Supreme uh, Court though? I think the Supreme Court. Yes, just I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sorry. I should say, I, sh- I, I should say that you can no longer be fired or, you know, or denied employment for being gay or trans because of the Supreme Court decision, but in counties that do not have their own non-discrimination act, you can still be evicted. You could still be denied public accommodation, which means you can't use a bathroom basically, you know? Oh at like a movie theater. If you're gay in Beaver County and somebody uh, says, you know, sees you walk in with your boyfriend or something um, and they can be like, no, you can't use the bathroom. That's legal. That is legal in this state. It is still legal. (laughs) And this Mercury guy thinks it should be legal. Right, because 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 they can object to the religious liberty of it, basically. Oh, the religious liberty. Yeah. Yeah, The same argument they used to keep black and white people from being able to marry or black, right? Jeez. 
no, no. And 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 so this issue is 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 finally being brought up. And honestly, it's becoming a bigger issue. I'm working on a story right now about mailers from a conservative group that are sending out. This is really gross, Lynn. I'm so bad about this. But well, do it. I mean, this is, this is a, yeah. What it, yeah. They're sending out mailers that basically are accusing Democrats in the area, either candidates or incumbents, of supporting um, basically uh, men competing as women in sports competitions. There's no in these things. It's clearly an anti-trans, I mean, dog whistle. I don't even know you can call it a dog whistle. Um, it's, it, you know, it, it, you know, it's a blowhorn. And, and they're sending out mailers that are, are doing this with the faces of the Republican candidates, like on them, like splashed, like, you know, splashed on them. And this is, this is what is happening. And, and so I'm, I'm, I have to say as, as, as an advocate for, you know, LGBTQ rights in the area, and our paper is an advocate for those things, it's it's refreshing to see the Democrats just tell the truth about what the Republicans have been blocking in our state for for years. And then Listen, uh, Ryan, I just encouraging to see the opposite. Yes. Just got an email from Mary who says, wait, what? Emily Scope uh, Scope Poff was a writer on Xena Warrior Princess. Yeah. And she says, <laughs> why isn't that in her campaign ads? She'd have every lesbian in the country donating to her campaign. <laughs> well, I will tell you, I will actually probably tell you why, honestly, because we live in an incredibly xenophobic area. And, and you know, and also Skopop has already been targeted as a quote unquote Hollywood liberal. Right, right. There California you go. Hollywood is like, years. yeah. She's not, that, even, she's not yeah. even Californian like myself, you know. Uh-huh. She, she is from New York. And, and so it's it's uh, it. She just lived there because she was a, a screenwriter and she was a producer, you know, like that's that that was her job, you know. And 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 so I, I understand why she's not being like, hey, I, I wrote Virginia Warrior Princess, which is cool. That show rules. And and, you know, but she's not able to do that because this area is so xenophobic that, like, if you're not born and bred here, like you can't run for office. You know, like it's 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 really discouraging, which doesn't make any sense, because how are we supposed to grow as a (laughs) as a region? Well, we're not. Hey, hello. We're not growing. (laughs) (laughs) And so this is what's so funny is that you have people move here and they fall in love with it like myself and and they want to be a part of the community. And basically they so and be part of the community. So they decide to run for office, you know. And and then they're told, oh, well, no, you're not from here. Sorry. <laughs> I know. This is this is I this know. is what we live in, and it's so hard for honestly, like perfectly normal candidates to uh, to 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 do these things. And there, and uh, I I guess I just would 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 want to remind all the readers that like this is why it's important to learn exactly who your candidate is. So, so many people in the area. This is a very common thing in our area. Is the ticket split. And so if you don't love Joe Biden, for example, but you agree that like gay people should have rights and these other things, and then you go, you know what, I'm going to vote for Joe Biden this time because Trump is a monster, <laughs> you know, and uh, but you know what, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to split my ticket and I'm going to vote for this random Republican I know nothing about, you know, this is yeah. why this is not a good idea. <laughs> if you care about gay rights, if you believe that that gay people should not be uh, evicted or denied public accommodation because of because they're gay or because they're trans, 
You know, oh my God. This, is, just... this is why it's so important to learn about these things and to spread the message. Tell everybody, tell people. Most people don't know about this. Share it on Facebook. Share it on Twitter. Like, tell people, like, we, we need to know this is how these candidates sneak by because they send out a trans, you know, an anti-trans mailer and it convinced bigots to vote for them. And then other people like don't see it and they don't really know. And they go, oh, no, that person looks not fine. You know, this is this is it's it's I don't know. And it's it's really discouraging. It's impossible for even me or other media to inform everybody about these things. You know, well, you know, Ed, Ed writes and and he's right. He says, talk about the places where voters can go to find out about candidates and that. And, and he suggests the League of Women Voters and yeah. Allegheny County Bar Association, that both of those organizations do have, what, very basic information? They, they, yeah, they put out... Yeah, voters is great, but Lynn, here's another thing. Sorry, oh, dear, so don't. <laughs> what? No one... Almost all the Republicans in the area are not responding to the League of Women Voters. Oh, I'm they won't even answer their questions. They won't, they won't answer, answer their, their questions. questions. They won't debate. They... You know, they won't meet all these things. They don't want you to know the information. They do not want you to search them. They're already hard enough to search because you can search, you know, Rob Mercury, blah, blah, blah. And like, because it's just a state house candidate, his campaign page might not come up. You know, you know, stories about him might not come up because. And they like that. You're saying you're saying they don't. I mean, that that seems so odd. Oh, they love that because right now these are historically like the places that need to flip are historically Republican areas. And so they are assuming that there will be enough people like let's just take McCandless, for example. I could see McCandless flipping completely for Joe Biden. It was it it, it voted for, um, you know, you know, Donald Trump. Uh, I could see it flipping. If it flips, he, he, he's probably going to lose. Um, but anyway, let's say a lot of a lot of, you know, historical Republican voters in McCandless, they go, I don't like Trump. Uh, I'm going to vote for Joe Biden, but I like all my other Republicans but they don't know anything about them. They don't know anything about them. They just assume that they are more in line with like John McCain or someone like that. You know, they just assume that, but they don't know. (laughs) And so this is why it's so hard. And this is why, um, you know, state houses are so hard to flip and all these things because you need so much money to educate and all these things. And luckily Democrats this year, they they seem to raise a lot of money. Yeah. They're starting to get those messages out there but it's yeah. still hard to break through. Um, I, uh, yeah. Oh gosh, we're, we're, we're running out of time. So I want to, I yeah. want to get your quick thoughts on tonight's uh, debate, vice oh, presidential yeah. debate. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, my thoughts. Uh. <laughs> You're not even going to watch. You're not even going to no, watch. I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch. I'm doing a podcast with some uh, other local politicians. I think it's, we're recording or live streaming. I'm not exactly sure, but, um, <laughs> I, you know, I mean, the thing about vice presidential debate, not to turn everybody off to it, but like, they don't really matter. You know, they don't really right. change a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I think it would, I think it will be nice to watch a debate with people who might not interrupt everybody, like every second of every, you know, question. Um, you know, also to have a lot more decorum than Trump does, even though I think he's also cool. Um, but also, given uh, so, given the reality of these two old white guys heading the ticket, yeah, though those two in the debate tonight could well become presidents of the United States. Yes, and and that's something that you yeah yeah you, you know you really should think about. And I think it is going to be exciting to see a uh, person of color, uh, uh, you know, a black woman, 
you know, and South Asian yep. women running, you know, on, on that stage. I think that is going to be, um, you know, a really different thing. And I think, I think Kamala Harris is, has obviously has some, some debate and rhetoric skills as she's shown, uh, um, yeah. you know, confirmation <laughs> hearings and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, I, I think that, I think I would say that, you know, tune in cause it's probably likely to be more like what you're expecting from a debate. And so it might be a little bit more entertaining and not the most annoying hour and whatever it was when Trump and Biden debated one of the most oh, God, <laughs> like, chalk, like nails on the chalkboard. It was hard to watch. Oh God. It was beyond belief. Yeah, hey you, so. thank you for this. You got a lot of work to do. I can tell. And, and thank you for the work you do. I mean it. Thanks, Lynn. Thanks for having me on. And, uh, and everyone, uh, yeah, learn about state rep or just, I don't know. <laughs> Go to state <laughs> right. paper. Awesome stories up this week. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Lynn. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Just one more quick little thing, guys. Um, Barbara has written this in. I feel like an idiot. Um, it's about this Jewish festival of Sukkot. Um, uh, <laughs> it doesn't say anything about a fall festival. So it's, <laughs> as I said, I'm a Jew, but, you know, I'm not exactly religious. Here's what it says. <clears throat> uh, as for its religious symbolism, the sukkah, that's that little thing, that little shack, the sukkah's purpose is to commemorate the time the Israelites spent in the wilderness after they were freed from slavery in Egypt. <clears throat> and the holiday is important because it commemorates those years as they trekked to the promised land and celebrates the way in which God protected them under difficult conditions. It's also known as the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Booths. Exodus, the, the book in the Old Testament, what we call a Torah, not an Old Testament. Um, what? Whatever, anyway. And um, Moses, I got this here too. I'm just, just sharing it with you for anybody who cares. Moses, back on Mount Sinai, appears to have a moment to spiritual crisis and asks to see God. Told that he cannot see God and live, Moses is then instructed to take shelter in the cleft of a rock protected by God's hand. God then passes before Moses. It is interesting to contemplate the possible association of the sukkah, Moses' shelter, and God's sheltering presence while reading Okay, right, ever, all right, whatever. Okay, I'm sorry, guys, I'm just um, not... Um, Bob and Braddock quickly writes, heads up to you YouTube users today, avoid it today, it is littered with Trump ads. All the more reason to download your show in the podcast section of pittsburghcitypaper.com. Well, <laughs> thank you, Bob. Okay, well, I think that's it, and um, all right, see you tomorrow, and uh, assuming we're all still here, hang in there, enjoy this beautiful day. Bye-bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints 
a Pittsburgh City paper or its advertisers.